Read the Bible every day so you'll be full of faith. Welcome you to join Bible Links to read the entire Bible in two years. I believe God will bless you, He will lift you up, and your life will never be the same. Numbers chapter 7 On the day when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, he had anointed and consecrated it with all his furnishings, and had anointed and consecrated the altar with all its utensils. The chiefs of Israel, his of their fathers' houses, who were their chiefs of the tribes, were over those who were listed approached, and brought their offerings before the Lord, six wagons and twelve oxen, a wagon for every two of the chiefs, and one for each of an oxen, and they brought them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, Accept these from them, that they may be used in the service of the tent of meeting, and give them to the Levites, to each man according to his service. So Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Jershon, and according to their services, four wagons and eight oxen he gave it to the sons of Mamorah. According to the services under the directions of Ephemar and the sons of Aaron to the priest, but to the sons of Kohath, and he gives them none, because they were charged with the service of the holy things that had to be carried on the shoulder. And the chiefs offered offerings for the dedications of the altar on the day it was anointed, and the chiefs offered their offerings before the altar. And the Lord said to Moses, They shall offer their offerings one chief each day for the dedication of the altar. He who offered his offerings for the first day was Nishand on the, on the son of Imadab of the tribe of Judah. And his offerings was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels. According to the shekels of the sanctuary, both of them followed the flour mixed with the oil of grain offerings. One golden dish of 10 shekels and full of incense, and one bowl of the herd, and one ram, and one male lamb, a year old, for the burnt offerings, one male goat for the sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs, a year old, that was the offering of Nashant and his son, Imnadab. On the second days of Nephanel, the sons of Suar, and the chief of Eshachar made an offering. He offered for his offerings one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels. And according to the shekels of the sanctuary, both of them were full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bowl from the herb, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for the burnt offerings, one male goat for the sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs, a year old, and that was the offering of Nephanel and the son of Suar. On the third days of Eliab, the, the son of the Helam, and the chief of the peoples of Zubalon, his offerings was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, and one silver basins of seventy shekels according to the shekels of the sanctuary. Both of them were full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain of offerings. One golden dish of ten shekels and full of incense. One bowl from the herd, 
one ram, one male lamb, a year old, and for burnt offerings, and one male goat for a sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, two rams, five male goats, and five male lambs, a year old, and that was the offerings of Eliab and the son of the Hiram. On the fourth day, that Elisar, the son of Shaduol, and the chief of the people of Reuben, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels according to the shekels of the sanctuary. Both of them were full of fine flour mixed with the oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one full from the hurt, and one ram and one male lamb, a year old for the burnt offerings, one male gold for the sin offerings and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year. And this was the offering to Elisar, the son of the Shatur. On the fifth days, the Shirumel and the sons of the Roshu Shaddai, uh, Shaddai, the chief of the people of the Simeon, his offerings was one silver plate, and whose weight was 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels. According to the shekels of the sanctuary, both of them were full of fine flour, mixed with oil with the grain offering, and one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, and one bull of the heart, one ram, and one male lamb, a year old for burnt offerings, and one male goat for the sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five brands, five male goats, and five male goats lambs a year, and that was the offering of the Sholomel, and the sons of Suresh Shaddai. On the sixth day, the Eliasab, and the son of Aduriel, and the, and the chief of the people of Gath. His offering was one silver plate, and whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekels of the sanctuary, buffalo are full of fine flour mixed with the oil for a grain offerings, one golden dish of 10 shekels and full of incense, one bowl from the herd, and one ram, and one male lamb, a year old, and for a burnt offerings, one male goes for the sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. And that was the offering of Elisha, Elisha-seph, and the, and the son of Duel. On the seventh days of Elishamah, and the son of Amahad, Amahad, the chief of the people of Ephraim, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, and one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekels of the sanctuary, both of them are full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offerings, and one golden dish of ten shekels and full of incense, one bowl from the hearth, and one ram, one male lamb a year old, for a burnt offerings, and one male gold for sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male golds, and five male lambs a year old, and that was the offerings of Elishamah and the signs of Yemimhat. And the eighth days of Gamaliel and the signs of Patasor in the chief of the people of Manasseh. His offering was one silver plate in whose weight was 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels according to the shekels of the sanctuary. Both of them are full of gold, flour, fine flour, mixed with the oil for grain offerings, and one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, and one bowl from the hurt, and one ram, and one male lamb a year old. For the burnt offerings, and one male gold for the for the sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, 
five male goats and five male lambs in a year. And that was offerings of the Gimeniel and the sons of the Pedersar. On the ninth day, Ebedan and the sons of Gedinon and the chiefs of the people of Benjamin, his offering was one silver basin whose weight was 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels according to the shekels of the century, bubble in the fold of a fine flour mixed with oil or a grain offerings and one golden dish, ten shekels and full of incense and one bull from the hurt, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for burnt offerings and one male goats for the sin offerings and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five friends, five male goats and five male lambs a year old. And this was the offering was ever done in the sons of Gideonite. And on the tenth days of Ahiasar, the son of Emashadai and the chief of the people of Dan, his offering was one silver place and whose weight was 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, and one golden dish of 10 shekels and full of incense, and one bowl from the hurt, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for burnt offerings, one male gold for sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old, and that was the offering of Ahaviasar and the sons of Amirishadai. On the eleventh days of Pigjelt and the son of Okran, Okran, the chief of the people of Asher, his offerings was one silver place of whose weight was hundred thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels according to the shekels of the sanctuary, both on the fold of fine flour mix for the oil of grain offerings, and one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, and one bowl from the hurt, one ram, and one male lamb a year old, for burnt offerings, and one male gold for sin offerings, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male goats, lambs a year old, and that was offering to the petrol in the son of the Oktron. On the twelve days, the Ahira, the sons of Inant, and the chief of the people of Naphtali, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels and one silver basin of 70 shekels. According to the shekels of the century, both of them were full of fine flour mixed oil for grain offerings, and one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, one bowl from the herd, one ram, and one male lamb a year old for burnt offerings, and one male goes for the sin offerings. And for the sacrifices of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year, and that was the offerings of a hero and son of Enant. And this was the dedication offerings for the altars on the day that when it was anointed on the chiefs of the Israel, twelve silver plates, twelve silver basins, twelve golden plates. Each silver plate weighs 130 shekels, and each basin 70, and all the silver of the vessels of 2400 shekels according to the shekels of the sanctuaries, the twelve golden dishes full of incense weighing ten shekels apiece according to the shekels of the sanctuary, and all the gold of the dishes being hundred twenty shekels. All the cattle for the burnt offerings, twelve bulls, twelve rinds, twelve male lambs a year old, and with her grand offerings and the twelve male gold for the sin offerings. And for all the cattle for the sacrifice of peace offerings and twenty-four bulls and rams and 60, and male goats 60, and male lambs a year old 60. This was the dedication to offering for the altar after it was anointed. And when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, 
he heard a voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat. And that was on the Ark of the Testimony from between the two cherubim, and he spoke to him. Numbers chapter 8. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying that speak to Aaron and say to him, When he set up the lamps, and the seven lamps shall give light in the front of the lampstand. And, and Aaron did so. He set up his lamps in front of the lampstand as the Lord commanded Moses. And this was the worksmanship of the lampstand, hammered the work of the gold from its base to its flowers, and it was hammered work. According to the patterns in the Lord has shown Moses, so he made the lampstand. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites from the, from the people of Israel and cleanse them. As you shall do to them to cleanse them, and sprinkle the water of the purifications upon them, and none go with a razor over their body, and wash their clothes and cleanse themselves. And then let him take a bowl from the herd in its grain offerings of the fine flour mixed with oil, and you shall take another bowl from the herd for the sin offerings. And you shall bring the Levites before the tents of the meetings and assemble the whole congregation of people of Israel. When you bring to the Levites before the Lord's, the people of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord as a wave offerings, and from the people of Israel that they may do the service of the Lord's. Then the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the bulls, and you shall offer one for the ascent offerings, and the other for burnt offerings, and the Lord will make atonement for the Levites. And you shall set the Levites before Aaron and his sons, and shall offer them as a wave offerings to the Lord. Thus you shall separate the Levites from offering the people of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. And after that the Levites shall go in and serve at the tent of meeting, when you have cleansed them, and offer them as a wave offerings. For they are holy, holy, holy given to me from among the people of Israel. Instead of all who opened the wound, the firstborn of all people of Israel, I have taken them for myself. And for the firstborn among the people of Israel are mine, and both the men and of beasts. On the day that I will stroke down all the firstborns in the land of Egypt, I consecrated them for myself. And I have taken the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the people of Israel. And have given to the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the people of Israel to do the service for the people of Israel in a tent of meeting to make the atonement for the people of Israel. And there may be no plague among the people of Israel and for the people of Israel come near the sanctuary. As says Lord Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people of Israel and the Levites according to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, the people of Israel did to them. And the Levites purified themselves from sins and washed their clothes, and Aaron offered them as a wave offering before the Lord, and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. And after that, Levites went in to do their service in the tents of the meetings before Aaron and his sons, as the Lord has commanded Moses concerning the Levites, so they did to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, this, is, this applies to the Levites in from the 25 years old and upward, and they shall come to do duties in the services of ten of meetings. And from the ages 50 years, they shall withdraw from the duties of the service and serve no more. They minister to their brothers in the tents of the meetings by keeping guard, but they shall do no service. So that's you do to the Levites in assigning in their duties. The following is the English translation of Pastor Moen Wu's teaching on the book of Numbers, chapters 7 to 8, translated by Lin. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. 
Chapters seven, eight, and nine of the Book of Numbers should actually be placed right after Leviticus twenty-seven. So why are we first mentioning Numbers chapter one to six here? It's to help us understand that before setting out, we need to number the people, arrange the positions, teach about consecration, and how to bless. In chapters six, seven, in chapters seven, eight, and nine, several things are discussed. First is the act of offering, talking about anointing and purification, and how to serve in the tabernacle. Chapter nine focuses on the Passover, how to observe it, which is essentially a feast that follows the feast of unleavened bread. So you may wonder why these three things are discussed after Leviticus. Why revisit them? Because God has a purpose. Before embarking on our journey, in our in our excitement and anticipation. After understanding the process of purification, God starts telling us something: the entire tabernacle, anointing, and the offerings of the people, and the Passover, the foundation of salvation, all are crucial as we move forward. We shouldn't overlook this. It feels like a reminder. So, as you read chapters seven, eight, and nine again, you might think, "Didn't we just finish Leviticus? Why am I reading this again?" You need to read between the lines to grasp to grasp God's intention. Let's start with chapter seven, emphasizing the importance of offerings. Verse one to three tell us about anointing the entire tabernacle. Through the anointing with oil in the Holy Spirit, it becomes consecrated. Leaders and chiefs from each tribe come to offer. They present six covered wagons and twelve oxen. With each chief contributing one wagon and one oxen, God instructs Moses to accept these offerings. You notice that everything assigned in the entire tabernacle, as you learn in Leviticus, is meticulously detailed. So, why discuss the tra- transportation of these items? The sons of Merari, the sons of Gershon, yet not mention wagons and oxen. Did God forget? Did He overlook something? No, he didn't. God purposely leaves this matter to let mature leaders understand their participation in the entire journey. It's for leaders to comprehend what they can contribute during the movement of the tabernacle. God wants the people to know that offering is a crucial step in participating in God's actions, testimonies, and the journey into the promised land of Canaan. Therefore. Learning how to offer is a willingly joyful act. God does not force us. Sacrifices are requirement, but contributing wagons and oxen is a loving response from leaders. So Moses inquires of God whether they can accept these offerings, since it's beyond God's regulations. God says yes. Did you see that? Moses learned that God has His way of governance. But he also values the proactive response of his people—a beautiful blessing of God working alongside us. So, in your prayers today, say, "Lord, help me." Offering is not just about the tithe I offer each month. The church may emphasize tithing, but today, let the word of God guide us, brothers and sisters, to see that offering is our participation in God's actions. Testimony, and even in entering the destined Canaan, 
through offering, I can be a part of God's work. It's a magnificent realization. Many of this falls on the priests and the sons of Levi. We can't do it, but leaders can represent their tribes through offering. Regardless of the tribe's size, you'll see that each tribe offers the same quantity. It is a manifestation of a heart full of love for God. In verses six to nine, Moses accepts two wagons and four oxen, giving them to the Gershonites. They carry things like the coverings of the tabernacle, like the curtains, the screen, and the hangings. Four wagons and eight oxen are given to the Merarites, for they handle foundational and heavier items like the panels of the tabernacle walls, the flags, the stakes or poles, ropes, and tent pegs. The wagons and the oxen are not given to the Kohathites because they carry the most sacred furnishing items of the tabernacles on their shoulders. You might find it a bit unfair, all serving God in the tabernacle. Yet the Gershonites receive fewer wagons and oxen than the Merarites. Why? The Goathites might ask, "What about us? We carry the most crucial items, like the ark, the altar, the showbread table, all overlaid in gold. They don't get any wagons or oxen. Is God being unfair? In reality, God intentionally intentionally arranges these things so that the mature leaders know." What they can contribute during the journey. Hence, God allows the Gershonites to carry lighter loads and provides wagons and oxen. You might feel your service is heavy. You might say to yourself, "I'm putting in my all." Others seem to have more resources. I'm laboring and I'm toiling on this path of serving God. Dear family, every arrangement by God has a deliberate beauty. Actually. The heaviest service is with the Merarites, listed by name of the object they are required to carry: each rope, each tent pegs, each base, each board and foundation. Everything bears their names; they are responsible for these. But God blesses them abundantly, providing wagons to ease their burden. So, if you feel your service is burdensome, God has given you grace. If you think. I don't have any resources or help. I'm carrying it all on my shoulder. Realize that you are shouldering the testimony of God's greater movement. Never question why some seem to receive more grace, more blessings, or resources. If you view it as unfair, it will feel unfair. But if you see who receives grace, you'll witness God's resources, provisions, and blessings always fitting perfectly within the service of. Christ's body. Some individuals indeed do carry a more significant witness closer to God's glory, manifestation, and presence. Even though they may not dare to see or touch what they carry, only feeling the wood they bear. Each Levite chosen to bear these burdens is intentionally selected by God to draw near to Him. You might say the Gershonites handle minor things. With wagons and oxen making their service seem more comfortable, not so. Each name is chosen by God, so each one receives double blessings. The sons of Gershon are responsible for carrying more substantial items like curtains and veils. They also have some wagons, seemingly fair. 
As you observe those closer to God, realize that God grants grants them His glory and testimony, often burdening them with more resources. Sometimes you may think, my service is heavy, it's laborious, I'm sweating it out, I'm putting in my all, while others seem to have various resources. Be grateful because, according to your name, you are chosen. In the allocation of every resource, God ensures fairness. He grants double blessings to those chosen to his divine plan. Therefore, from verse 10 to verse 11, it's the same story. Every day, the chiefs anoint the altar on which the offerings are to be presented. As you continue from verse 12 all the way to verse 83, you really feel like skipping ahead because it repeats the same details, and you have to record it 12 times. But if you look closely, the offerings they present, as mentioned in chapter 7, verse 15, one bull, one ram, and a one-year-old male lamb as a burnt offering, exceed the usual requirements for offerings by three times. In verse 17, two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lamb are presented for peace offerings, surpassing the Levitical peace offering by at least 17 times. This act of offering, even for the tribe of Judah, with its larger population, it's not burdensome. However, when you examine smaller tribes like Manasseh, Naphtali, and Asher, with fewer people, you notice that their offerings are identical to that of the larger tribe of Judah. Now, dear family, offerings depend on our willingness towards God. You might feel pressured, thinking everyone is giving so much, but I have fewer people in my tribe. Do I still need to give as much? Offering is not just a response to God's love and receiving His love. It is also a response to our faith in God. Some may say, I don't have a fixed salary. I run a business and it has its ups and downs. I need a reserve, especially when my business isn't doing well. Some may think, this month's earnings are not my are not my hard work. It's a collection on past accounts that were not paid earlier. This is not extra for this month. It's my earning from my earnings from the past. Even homemakers might wonder, I'm a homemaker. I only have the money my husband gives me for groceries and household expenses. Should I still tithe? Dear family, pay attention. The tithe is not a legalistic requirement. It is a response of the people to God's love. God says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not have room enough to store it. This is a response of love. God desires for us to experience his love. He eagerly wants to open the windows of heaven and shower us with his blessings. Therefore, when you offer, it is an expression of love and it is also an act of faith towards God. So, as you read from verse 84 to verse 88, you'll notice that everything is recounted again. Chapter 7 of the book of Numbers, apart from Psalms 119, has the most verses in the entire Bible, recording the offerings of each person. God meticulously records 
the sum of the offerings presented by each person, emphasizing how much God values and cherishes, cherishes these offerings. In verse 89, when Moses entered the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking from between the cherubim on the mercy seat of the ark. It was the voice of the Lord speaking to him. Therefore, dear family, offering touches the heart of God because to him it shows, My children understand me. It is not that I want something from you. You must not view offering as God demanding money from you. That would be a pity. Instead, see offering as an opportunity to comfort God's heart, knowing that his children understand him. God wants to bless us, show us favor, and pour out his love on us. He wants to protect and give us peace, just as he blessed us in the final blessing of chapter 6. Immediately after speaking about the blessing, Chapter 7 addresses offerings. This is an intentional arrangement. It should have followed the book of Leviticus. So why is it placed after the blessing? It is to make you understand that the blessings God gives us, His grace, are meant to lead us into the promised land of Canaan. The first step you can experience on this journey is through offering. Chapter 8 focuses on various services within the tabernacle. Take a close look at the different services within the tabernacle, bringing us back to the blessings of chapter 6. Grace, peace, and the glory of God shining upon us. As you read chapter 8, see what God reveals to us. The first thing mentioned concerning the light inside the tabernacle as you enter into the very present of God. It is a process of connection with God. The first task inside the tabernacle is to light the lamps. So pray to the Lord, asking the Lord to be the light and provide clear guidance in your life that the light of Christ may shine within you. Verse 5 to 7, talk about the water of purification sprinkled on them, shaving their entire bodies with razor, washing their clothes, and purifying themselves. Just yesterday, we read that Nazarites were not allowed to use a razor on their heads, symbolizing God as their covering. Now, after the water of cleansing, they are instructed to shave their entire bodies, removing all their glory, washing their clothes, and purifying themselves. It symbolizes presenting themselves as a living sacrifice before God. While Levites handle sacrifices, God, in a symbolic manner, instructs them to use the water of cleansing, shave their bodies, removing all glory, wash their cloths, symbolizing God as their glory and purity. This is a vital aspect of serving in God's presence. We should pray, Lord, cleanse me, remove all my sins, cut away my carnal nature, remove the old me, and take away the worldly success, success and a sense of pride in my life. Lord, I want your glory. I want you as my covering, as my grace. Lord, purify me. Treat me with grace and purity. From verses 8 to 11, they are to present themselves as a burnt offering, consecrating themselves to God. In verses 12 and 13, the Levites lay hands on the bulls. One, as a sin offering, the other as a burnt offering, presented to the Lord. 
serving as atonement for the Levites. The Levites stand before Aaron and his sons, presenting themselves as a wave offering to the Lord. Those who serve God become an offering. This is something every servant of God should learn. So today, you can pray, Lord, I bring my job, my marriage, my family's finance, even my health, my relationships before you. Appa, today I present myself before you as a living sacrifice, a wave offering. I dedicate myself to you, my words, my action, my thoughts, my intentions, my decisions, my emotions, what I love and what I hate. I bring it all before you. I'm your offering. Even Jesus did this. He offered himself as a sacrifice to God once and for all. Today, as children and people of God, should we not follow in the footsteps of Jesus and present ourselves as an offering to God? Have you dedicated yourself wholeheartedly to God? It's not about your job, your life, your health, or your wealth. It's about surrendering your sovereignty to God, saying, I'm here to serve you. In my work, in my relationships, in my marriage, I don't belong to myself. I live for you, Lord. I live. I want to live for you. From verses 14 to 19, when the Levites were consecrated and set apart, they can now take the place and stand in for the firstborn of all the children of Israel. In verse 19, the Lord has given the Levites to Aaron and his sons as a gift from among the children of Israel to do the work in the tent of meeting, to make atonement for the children of Israel. We are a gift. So in your home, in your workplace, in your marriage, in your parent-child relationships, remind yourself often, I am a gift from God. God has placed me in this workplace to be a gift and a blessing to the company. God has brought me to this neighborhood, this community to be a gift. He has placed me in this marriage, in this family to bless and to be blessed. Know that we are gifts. We can help others understand God and remind them not to offend God. Therefore, from verses 20 to 26, God allows them to purify and wash themselves to serve God. From verses 23 to 26, a specific age group is mentioned. At 25, they learn to acknowledge their role before God, meaning they're ready for battle and for the task of the tabernacle. At 50, they retire, ceasing from active service. This aligns with what we previously discussed regarding Levites, covering the age range from 30 to 50. Now, it's specified as 25 to 50. From 25 to 30, it is a time of learning and equipping. From 30 to 50, it's serving in, in God's presence. After 50, they begin, they begin guiding, training, and helping others. Today, in our service years, we should become learners. We equip ourselves, we attend training classes, and we become public servants. How can I take up pastoral responsibilities, teaching roles, and burden for spreading the gospel? How can I give, assist, and accompany others? These are important aspects of service. Even in your workplace, in your family, how can you serve your in-laws, your spouse, your children, bringing them continuously before the Lord? This is what 
is considered true service. Some mature individuals should learn to become elders, which happens after the age of 50. This isn't saying, I won't serve, I'm retired. At 50, you are in the prime of life, and asking someone to retire at that age is quite unusual. Moses was already 80, and Aaron, the high priest, was also well past 80. If Aaron and Moses were considered too old to serve, who else could serve? So, the mention of 50 is about learning to be elders in life. We guide, train, assist, and lead. Even in our rebukes, corrections, and admonitions, we do what elders should do. So, if you're a pastor, a small group leader, or even a church elder, let's learn how to fulfill our role in guiding the next generation. Rise up in prayer and empower the entire church, the next generation of God's kingdom. Amen. Mm-hmm.